self-grace but also extending the grace to your friends because we all go through you know a roller coaster of emotions we all go through the spectrum of emotions and so we're not all going to have good days and we're not all going to have like the you know the best time at the same time hello everyone and welcome back to the special interest pod i'm alex hi and i'm carly welcome Thanks for tuning in today. Lovely to be in this space with you. How are you feeling in this moment? And how are you doing today, Alex? I'm doing okay. I am feeling a little sick, but I'm surviving. So feeling good. Um, yeah, just I I did a lot of social things the past two weeks, so I'm pretty tired but they were all amazing one of my really good friends got married over the weekend and I was in her wedding and it was so special it was a really really cool wedding and I've known her for over a decade and her and her partner have been together for over a decade and I was there from the beginning so it was so cool to be there during their wedding and then I celebrated my brother's birthday yesterday. He's my baby brother. So every year I celebrate his birthday, it just gets weirder and weirder. <laughs> but that was really fun. We had a great time. I got him a SpongeBob painting for his birthday. I'm obsessed with SpongeBob. So if you're familiar with the bold and brash painting <laughs> that Squidward did of himself, one of my friends is an artist and she painted it for him. Um, so that was really fun. How about you, Carly? How are you? That sounds awesome. Your weekend sounds like it was so wholesome. Glad you had such a great time celebrating with everybody. I had a good weekend as well and I am doing good. I'm a little bit tired today because I had such a fun weekend as well, spending a weekend in Disney's Fort Wilderness, which is Disney's campground, and it was so much fun. I went horseback riding. I checked out Disney Springs, which I had never gone to before. I ate some yummy food and just had some really nice quality time with my partner. So it was so much fun. And I'm just kind of taking today to relax and reset a little bit, um, which I'm so grateful that I have the time to do that. So getting back into the swing of things. And yeah, looking forward to this week because we have so many exciting things going on this week. We have our um, monthly meetup, which I'm so excited to see some returning faces and to see some new faces and just connect with everybody. By the time this comes out, that will already have taken place. But I'm just like so excited already. And that's on Thursday and today is Monday. So I have a few days to really, I guess relish in the excitement 
Yeah, so exciting. We have our meeting. And yeah, I've been seeing all the people sign up too. So many returning people, some new people. So exciting. It is. So today we're going to talk about something that is definitely present in today's um <laughs> i guess our lives today and that is just burnout that can sometimes happen after social events and setting up better boundaries to protect ourselves from burnout in social events so what is your experience like right now with that alex So fall is my favorite season, especially now that I'm not a teacher anymore. I actually enjoy fall and it's, it used to be really hectic for me because of back to school and sitting at my classroom and getting to know my students. And so I kind of like dreaded it every year, which was a pretty big red flag for the career that I was in. And I just, I had a really hard time enjoying fall, but now that I'm no longer a teacher, I have been really throwing myself into the fall season and trying to do all the fall activities. Um, and it's a lot. So, you know, I'm at the point where I have to remind myself of my boundaries. And um, for example, there's a Renaissance fair this weekend. And I really want to go because it's so much fun, but I'm not sure if I'm going because I am at the end of my spoons. My cousin says that his social battery is empty (laughs) and that's kind of how I'm feeling. It's Monday, so I still have some time, but I definitely think I could use a day becoming the couch. (laughs) Um, but yeah, it's kind of just like, I'm a very social person. I've been a, an extremely social person my whole life. And, you know, I kind of would use socializing to dissociate. Um, you know, I would just surround myself around other people all the time. And then I never had to face my own problems in it really disconnected me a lot and I would be really overwhelmed and really burnt out but I would just keep going because I was masking and I just thought that's what I had to do to survive and then you know COVID happened and that was a really hard time but it really made me reflect on my time alone and how important it is to me so yeah it's just interesting because this time of year is when all of the plans start to form and in August, I had realized my calendar was already full up until November, and I was already like starting to get overwhelmed. So I, you know, just having to revisit the plans that you've made for yourself and reassess if they're going to benefit you or if they're going to burn you out. And that's a really hard decision to make. And I'm so, so grateful and I'm so lucky that I have friends who are so supportive of me. And if I let them know that I can't attend an event or I'm feeling really socially burnt out, 
They're super understanding. And I really, really appreciate that so much. You know, if it's like an important event, like this weekend, I went to a wedding and it was so much fun and it was beautiful and I had such a good time. So events like that are the ones that I really prioritize. I have one of my best friends, it's her birthday in a couple weekends. So I want to make sure that I have enough energy to do that. So it's, you know, just prioritizing the really important events that you don't want to miss. So yeah, I'm on the fence about going to the Renaissance Fair this weekend. It's like something that I really want to do, but it's not uh, as big of a priority as my other social events. And I feel like I'm rambling a little bit and I don't remember the question you asked, Carly, but I feel like I probably answered it. But what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think I think you answered it. Thank you for sharing your thoughts. And I like how you mentioned prioritizing the events that you go to, especially like the ones, like you said, like that could only really happen like once in a lifetime type of event and then protecting your energy and reflecting when you get close to the events. I think that's so tricky sometimes because sometimes you want to commit to everything and for me too, like in the past, I would commit to everything because I wanted to go and, you know, be involved and see my friends. And of course, like that touch of FOMO always comes in. You don't want to like miss out and like, especially make like missing out on making the memories with your friends as well. But I think especially when you're already like teetering with the feelings of burnout, it becomes extremely difficult um so like when you overcommit yourself and then you start feeling burnt out um like when that used to happen for me then I felt myself like canceling plans more and not being able to commit because I you know would commit so far in advance and then when it comes to the day I always felt so bad because it's like you don't you never know how you're gonna feel the day of the commitment and yeah sometimes that could be really challenging to I guess like live with too just because it's like you don't want to for me like I didn't want to disappoint anybody by not showing up um but if I showed up I knew that I wouldn't be necessarily my best self so sometimes yeah putting up those boundaries and just like protecting yourself and speaking up and yeah voicing how you're feeling is really important to to reset and so that you are yeah more present for those other commitments um in the future that you might have and I think yeah I just think that's so important is listening to yourself and like you have the renaissance fair this weekend and saying to yourself oh I don't know if it's you know best in my favor to do this yes I want to go but always putting yourself first yeah I think is priority and I think that's really awesome and admirable that you are listening to yourself and going to do what's best for you um for me too I would say like again I think my lifestyle now is just 
I mean, extremely different from Alex's. I Alex is just like a little butterfly. Like, and this is just how I picture you. Like your little butterfly going off, always fluttering around and like socializing with all the other little butterflies. And <laughs> I, you know, I, I'm in a different state. I have, you know, a couple of friends here and I spend my time with them, but I, for the most part now, like, don't overcommit myself just because that's not like what my lifestyle is at the moment. But I do recognize how like that used to affect me a lot back when I was in Massachusetts and like going through burnout. Like I think I've just like done a complete 180 from that, I guess. And I, I once again, yeah, just really prioritize my self-care and listening if I don't feel up to doing something then like like you if it's not necessarily a top top priority I do feel it's best to just do what's best for me yeah it's like you know I'm so grateful to have all these people who want to hang out with me and like you know like I get to go to my best friend's wedding and my best friend's birthday is coming up and I get to celebrate my brother's birthday with him. Like it, they're all blessings. Like it's all just amazing things. And yeah. Um, forgot where I was going with that, but <laughs> yeah, kind of, yeah. Like what you were saying, Carly, just like finding the balance in it all because you know, Carly and I were talking about like the holidays are coming up. Halloween is part of the holiday season. It's my favorite holiday. And so, you know, wanting to do all the things and finding the balance and wanting to do all of the things. Um, it's hard. <laughs> so I guess that brings kind of like to the next point of like learning how to set these social boundaries for yourself. I mean, I think it kind of took me a while to even realize what social burnout felt like, especially at the beginning of realizing I'm autistic um, and just realizing, wow, I'm burnt out or wow, I, um, for example, I would, Carly and I would go out together and <laughs> Um, there were a couple times where either one of us would just, uh, <laughs> Carly's giving me a really funny look right now, but I'm like, would, what are you about to say? <laughs> what secrets are you about to spill, Alex? You're going to expose us. Spill in the tea. No, but just being out and just looking at it, you know, I'd look at Carly and be like, I am so dizzy right now and I feel so weird and I don't feel sick. And like not even having like, not even being under the influence of anything, just being out to dinner and like looking at her and just being like, I feel so weird right now. I just feel like, like very much um, like Quinny in uh, that scene in Heartbreak High when she's at a restaurant and all this stuff's buzzing around her and she can't focus. And it's like, you know, just sensory overload and just having that all the time and not realizing what was happening. And both of us would continue to just push through it and, you know, have that fun night out, but just be like in meltdown mode while you're <laughs> going through it and not realizing what the heck's going on and just feeling so strange. 
Mm, I think especially like you said, like not being able to identify that it was the sensory overwhelm or overload and now being able to have that language to identify it, I think helps to put that boundary in place. Yeah, because I remember always going out to restaurants, which is so, I guess, like it's challenging because that is such like a normal thing that people do is like go out to a restaurant to get food. And I always struggle when restaurants are too loud and like you can't hear each other and it's just so overwhelming and that scene in Heartbreak High really just yeah like it was so so accurate yeah and like over this whole time a very like big memory comes back feel free to cut it out if it's not something you want to share about but it's nothing like major but um I think I've mentioned this. I was in a sorority in college. <laughs> I think you mentioned it once or twice, Alex. And I would drag Carly to events with me all the time. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she is such a good friend. She would come to the events with me. Her and her other friend would come to the events and hang out with me and all my my sorority sisters whose friendship I paid for. <laughs> and they were my real friends that came and went to all that bullshit with me (laughs) a lot of it was like good but also just a lot of silly stuff but um we were at an event and Carly had come to support me because she's an amazing friend and it was it was a very it was it's an event that gets kind of emotional and it can be very overwhelming and Mm. I remember I think you had like a long week doing like a lot of social stuff and I remember Carly just looking at me and saying I think I'm gonna pass out and then like we had to like sit down and like just um I I don't know what exactly it was in that moment but I feel like that's a really good example of that sensory overwhelm and like not knowing it was happening Mm, yeah for me that particularly I would say was like a panic attack and yeah I think it was just triggered by so much like whatever was going on and I don't remember the week previously to that at all I actually didn't remember this memory until recently when you brought it up one time Alex but like then I was like oh yeah yeah I do remember that and I think during that time of my life I was actually experiencing like quite a few panic attacks and I didn't know even that they were and like once again didn't know how to identify them but it for that particular thing like it would happen usually in like crowds so yeah definitely like just yeah over super overwhelming um social experiences of yeah being around all those people and it had happened um in malls and like at concerts it had happened to me and um it's weird I haven't experienced it really in quite a while and maybe that's like once again because I really like protect myself now and I guess just like listen and I'm able to identify that and I think that's just so important is like listening and processing and assessing the situation afterwards like how did this happen and how can I prevent this from happening again or at least how can I help myself if it happens again and maybe having like a little kit with you that can help ground you in the moment and um 
like taking space and telling a friend I think that was really important and I think that was really like a good like I I don't say like a good time but like you know for our friendship that I was able to you know have that safe space with you to say like Alex this is what's happening I'm about to like go to the ground and black out or like I need to go sit down I'm glad that I was able to like turn to you because I think if I were alone and didn't have you in that moment I would have just like suppressed that and like probably like passed out or something and like I think that's also like that form of masking and I think especially in like in that particular situation too where so many people were being really vulnerable about sharing like their stories and it was like one of the first times that I had really seen like women like open up to each other like that it was just like super powerful and I think like yeah very triggering and it was just like okay wow you can only take so much at once if it's like your first little bit of exposure to like vulnerability yeah for sure that was definitely an intense event I just had something and it hung out for a little while and then it said bye-bye so (laughs) (laughs) oh I guess just like talking about for me like what are those signs where I know I need to stop and go take space? Mm. Um, like my hands start to get tingly and then my mouth gets numb and then I get tunnel vision and then I get really sweaty palms, like mm. really, really <laughs> sweaty. Um, and then my body gets so tense that I cannot move. And it's like very difficult to move, even like move my neck, like all of my muscles just like tighten up so stiff. Mm. Um, and like, sometimes like, you know, if we're out to eat somewhere, like I cannot physically eat food, like I cannot bring food up to my mouth or like, swallow food. Um, and those are all like danger, danger, like go take space. Like you probably should go home. Um, and you know, luckily I know myself a lot more now, so I don't really get to the danger. (laughs) I don't get to the danger zone. (laughs) I'm just thinking of Archer right now. If you watch that show, um, (laughs) but yeah, I think it's a process to learn those signals your body is sending to you, but really important to pay attention to them once they're present. Um, what are kind of like your signs, Carly? That I'm feeling like overwhelmed. Um, I would say for me, like my head yeah it kind of feels like stuffy like a lot of pressure kind of like you say like you start like tensing up a little bit just because there's like it's so overwhelming that like yeah my body all just starts to like scrunch um definitely like I laughed when you said the palm sweating because I feel like yeah I just become like an anxious sweaty mess especially if I'm like starting to think and overthink about it then it's like then my heart might start racing and like the anxiety could part like come on about it if I start thinking about it too much especially if it's again in a situation where I might not have somebody like a safe person around me that I can um like confide in and help me 
kind of get to um, a safe space or a place to take a break um, with. Palms is sweaty, knees weak, arms <laughs> heavy. This anyway. <laughs> yeah, and I think just like afterwards, kind of like processing a lot too. Like I think that's something that I really appreciate about like my my partnership is like with my boyfriend is we like for an example we'll go out to like a restaurant and we both get really overwhelmed by like all of the noise so then afterwards we're both like holy crap that experience was so overwhelming um like and then like kind of yeah like talk about how it made us feel in the moment I think that's really like important for me to yeah just debrief afterwards and process like these emotions and to identify them like we said I think that's super important in the recovery process because I think even if you don't come to the full like shutdown or meltdown or like full sensory overload when it's just kind of like the overwhelm like I really like that term because it's like you're feeling all of it but it's not quite like sending you into a complete spiral um like that is still very exhausting in itself like the Spongebob brain on fire scene. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I think also like um, like the fact that like these things happen in really exciting situations too. Like it's not necessarily all like like bad, I would say. It's like also, you know, when you're, yeah, like out at, or like at a wedding and you're with all these people around that are all so excited and like there's music happening like you're so excited to be there and you might be present but it's also like oh this is really like a lot in this moment yeah for sure I gotta say though all of my friends who have gotten married or are getting married I appreciate them I appreciate them all so much because their weddings are like so fun and like low-key but beautiful and it's really nice and I really appreciate that <laughs> but it's nice because I know I'm surrounded by the right people I was gonna go into something about that and then I forgot sorry I'm like feeling not feeling good so my brain is like Spongebob's just running around my brain and it's not on fire yet but <laughs> <laughs> um oh yeah, and just like going off of what you said, Carly, Carly, in the recovery process, the reflecting is so important because a mistake that I've made in the past is I'll have that event where I get that sensory overwhelm and then I'll go home and go to bed and then I'll be like, oh, okay, I think I'm good. And then the next day I'll do it to myself again and then I'll go home, go to bed and not really like consider what's happening to me and then I'll just keep having that those sensory overwhelming events one after the other after the other and then I you know I have a meltdown and it's like pretty severe so the recovery process is really important like you said and just reflecting you know actually taking time to rest which I need to do (laughs) Um, but yeah it's just setting that boundary Do you have any advice on setting social boundaries for people who might struggle with that or feel like if they make plans, they're always obligated to fulfill? I know, like at the beginning, I used to have a lot of guilt about canceling on people. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I think my advice, I mean, it, it, 
might take a little bit of courage, but I think like vulnerability is the best way to go. And if you're surrounded by people that are your friends, then I think they would understand. And also like giving yourself grace but also extending the grace to your friends because we all go through you know a roller coaster of emotions we all go through the spectrum of emotions and so we're not all going to have good days and we're not all going to have like the you know the best time at the same time and so there might be a time when your friend needs to you know cancel as well so it's kind of just like building that mutual understanding with one another that those are like your expectations in a friendship of like sometimes I need to put myself first or I'm going to get sick from this or I'm going to burn out from this and I think yeah just being honest with what you're going through is always going to be the best thing that you can do for yourself and for your friend and like your friendship in general because it gives them the space to do it as well what about you Alex do you have any advice I agree yeah the I especially what you said about the vulnerability you know and taking space for yourself um what really helped me which was like very vulnerable and hard is yeah like just letting my friends know my needs, letting my friends know that I'm autistic and these are ways that you can support me. And these are some boundaries that I want to set for myself so I can continue to be a functional human being. (laughs) Right. And I think like just supporting each other in that is so important in a friendship. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's there's a lot to finding friends that fit into your life and appreciate your needs rather than, you know, you always trying to fit into other people's lives and cater to other people's needs. It's really tiring. Definitely. And the right people will always come along. That's for sure. Yeah, that's how we ended up here, Carly. <laughs> yeah, and it actually reminded me, I think our friendship has marked actually like a decade now because it's September, and that's uh-huh. when we would have started school in 2013. Wait, <laughs> oh my gosh, Carly and I have been friends for a decade, live that's on so the air, <laughs> we're realizing it right now. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh, 10 years ago. Carly and I's friendship had just started blossoming. <laughs> Which is just so funny because, like, when we met, that means that I was, like, 19 and you were 20. And just the fact that we have been through, like, like my 19-year-old self, my, like, <laughs> you know, 23-year-old self, it's all so different than who I am and who you are now. Like, we've gone through so many versions of ourselves with each other. And I feel like we've really grown together in such a positive way maybe that's something we can kind of have like a little reflective episode on that might be that might be cute (laughs) I agree yes beautiful wow that's crazy (laughs) (laughs) um I didn't want to forget about our idiom segment and I think a good 
idiom to talk about today would be the idea of a social butterfly. Which oh, that's I you. I think you described very nicely using me as an example. <laughs> and now that's all I'm going to um, picture is you with like these wings just like fluttering around. Me too. Like, <laughs> like the, the little caterpillar butterfly in a bug's life. I am a butterfly. (laughs) Yes, that's you. Um, But yeah, I feel like social butterflies kind of always made sense to me, but like the idea of it has made sense, but I don't think I ever connected it to like there's like the butterfly image and then there's a social butterfly and like those things have never connected in in my mind (laughs) until like right now. Mm, I guess I just wonder, yeah, like are are butterflies social um social creatures, insects? Something I've never questioned. They're beautiful. <laughs> I love butterflies. I don't know how social they are. Sometimes I like the other day I had one that was that kept flying like towards me and I just stopped and stood with it for a few minutes. I'm looking up. Our butterflies social, but the first thing that comes up is our butterflies crustaceans. <laughs> no, they are not. <laughs> Interest? They're not social. They're social and they're antisocial. Oh, so they're <laughs> depending on the species and context. Okay, interesting. Yeah, so I wonder what the origin of that saying is. We love you all. We're so so grateful for you. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll talk to you again next week. Bye-bye. Bye.